Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugh and Gons. Uh, we're in, on to episode 10 now, so that's uh, getting into the double digits. But uh, first, uh, as always, let me introduce Hugo. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Gons. Wow, 10 already. Time really does fly by, and I've absolutely loved doing them with you, being here with you, chatting about paddle, which is obviously our biggest passion. And, well, a very, very different week, to be honest, because Goyon Dabia's 46 winning match streak in World Paddle Tour games was broken in the final of the Valladolid Master by the Super Vives. So, Franco Stobasuk and Martin Dineno, as we all know. What a match. What a final. Gons, should we go straight into it? What did you think? What did you think of the tournament? What did you think of the final? Yeah, um, unbelievable match. Let me just start off by saying that Valladolid is probably the most, uh, I guess, emblematic tournament on the tour, just simply because playing in, in the Plaza Mayor, um, just for, for our listeners, uh, in Spanish, Plaza Mayor is normally like the main square of the city. So being able to host the paddle tournament there is, is pretty insane. And if you actually, if anyone managed to, to see the tournament, it's it's so beautiful as well. It's not any regular Plaza Mayor. So I think it's just such an emblematic place uh, for paddle. So, was, you know, overall, it was, it was a great tournament. And then on top of that, the, the paddle itself delivered. I think uh, the final was probably one of the best games of, of the year. I've certainly put it in the top three. I think Very much in, agree. in terms of what it meant and, you know, the the also the, the paddle displayed um, going into three sets, really, but, well, both pairs battling it out. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, as, as we usually do this, uh, this little segment and and the structure, I'd say obviously my biggest highlight has to be the Super Pibes breaking the streak, playing incredibly well. Martin Dineno again, I think he was my MVP and it's absolutely outstanding. I read a stat earlier, which which I've shared with you already, which is in the third set he touched the ball 95 times and committed one unforced error, which is absolutely insane. Um, on top of that, not only is he keeping that you know consistent unforced like no unforced error side but he's adding the offensive prowess to it which is just absolutely amazing the amount of winners that he's now getting per game is, is absolutely outstanding so you know hats off to him and, and what he's been able to do this season and then in terms of a disappointment I'd probably have to go with uh, Momo Antonio who again you know they they didn't look very comfortable lost in the first round I believe to Campagnolo and Garrido, which, you know, to be fair, they also did quite well on the tournament. Um, but yeah, um, as you've sort of mentioned before, maybe uh, one to look out for for the future because, you know, could potentially not not last very long. But uh, yeah, I'll hand it over to you, Hugo, and to hear your thoughts. I very much agree with pretty much everything you've said, to be honest, Gons. So I should probably just move on. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> obviously, just, just joking, but Yes, two main highlights for me. Firstly, of course, the Super BBS. They were outstanding throughout the whole tournament. And I've got to be honest, I really wouldn't have bet that they were going to break Guayon Dabia's streak on potentially the most favourable court for Guayon Dabia. 
if you think about it, not only was it outdoors, which obviously favours big hitters and players that smash the ball really well, but it was also incredibly hot, which again makes the court even faster. And on top of that, Guayu was playing at home, which is clearly an extra motivation for him. And on the other hand, and more importantly, it definitely wasn't the perfect court for Stuba and Dineno if we would have had to bet previously because they much prefer slower courts where they can really put into play their exceptionally tactical and exquisite paddle, if that's a way to, to put it. So I was very surprised that the that Goyan WS Street was broken in this tournament at Valladolid. But as I say, the two highlights was, of course, the Super Pibes. And I know you've mentioned Dineno's unbelievable performance, and I thought he was outstanding. But I also wanted to talk about Stupasuk. He really carried the weight of the pair in some key moments during the during the match. Some of his smashes during key moments, gold points, were essential. Managing to get the ball go up higher than Goya's reach, which is about five metres, is pretty impressive. And I saw another stat, which baffled me. Goya and Tapia had 26 winners each in the final. And Stupa, well, Dineno had 20, so a few less makes total sense. Stupa had 38. Yeah, that's just... That's mind-blowing. Exactly, mind-blowing, the best way to put it. So that's one highlight. I think the second highlight would definitely be Garrido and Campagnolo. Their return together is proving to be very successful. The first time they paired up, Garrido decided to leave Campagnolo to play with Chingoto. We all understood it. At the end of the day, Chingoto is a top five drive player, but they were playing so well with Campagnolo. And now we realize why it was such a big decision at that point in time, because their partnership works and Garrido's playing some of the best paddle he's played in his career, I think. And I completely agree with you. The biggest disappointment was definitely Momonsano. I know they lost to a very tough pair in Campagnolo and Garrido, particularly on outdoor courts, given that both Campagnolo and Garrido are so powerful and their game is, well, pretty much it accelerates on outdoor courts and fast courts. But yeah, I was expecting a lot more from Momon Sanyo. And again, Sanyo dishing out a bit of chat to Momo when he was away. During one of the changes, Momo decided to go to the toilet and Sanyo was bad-mouthing Momo a bit. And to be honest, I really didn't enjoy to see that. And who knows what's going to happen. I really do have a feeling that their partnership might end much sooner than we expect. Yeah, just to go quickly into the Super Pibes a bit. I think maybe this is something we can do in the future. But to me, what amazes me as well is in terms of like the top 10, they're, they're probably or definitely as a pair in terms of height, they must be like one of the lower um, one of the pairs or players with the you know least amount of height in in the whole you know in the top ten or even in the whole main draw just because and I think that's important because you know your your modern paddle player is you know definitely edging towards that physical um, side being you know very tall great in the air very strong uh, very quick but you know the fact that they're both below average height I would say is is sort of remarkable that they're still able to do what they're doing playing so consist consistently and you know I think we could have potentially a a race 
to the end of the year in terms of the number one because that was like a you know very good performance from them and in terms of points like they they're not like they obviously they are they are not as close as Tuko and Tapia but it's not over to put it that way. Completely agree, and I actually was going to mention that point as well. I was looking at how far behind they are in terms of points, and Stubanina are much closer than I thought yeah. to to, to and Dabia. So I definitely think we have a race in our hands, and particularly given Dabia's current well injury and form, it's clear that he's still not hundred percent back from his elbow injury, and he's still wearing that bandage. And that's one thing I did want to mention. I did feel that Dabia is still not at 100%. I still don't think he's at his peak form, probably due to the injury. And I did yeah. feel that in some key points in the match, in the final against Dubanineno, when he normally uses his smash to win points, he either decided, he didn't go for the smash and played a more conservative shot, which ended up potentially not working in him and Koya's favour. And even sometimes he tried to hit the smash and missed or left it very easy for Stubandine not to smash it and win the point at the net. So I do think that had an influence on the result of the match and ultimately the Valladolid master. Dabia's injury, of course, that's what I'm saying. But I completely agree. There's a big race in our hands and Lebron and Galan are obviously back very soon. So who knows? I'm, I'm very excited. I think it's a great moment in the season. For sure. And I think as well, you know, an important bit, Point that you sort of alluded to there is the, the availability and how many tournaments you know each pair is going to be able to play because certainly it seems like Dineno and Stupa don't lose their energy and and you know touch wood they're not going to get injured or anything like that but they certainly seem to be really really fit and ready to play everything so that could definitely you know be a factor to to watch out for exactly and we actually spoke about how fit Stubai is in our pod last week when we were creating our perfect player. He's just so fast around the court, so fit, fit. And I've read a lot of, well, not just read interviews, but watched his Instagram videos and his training. And he works so hard at the gym. He really puts in a shift. And Dineno has really, really improved the physical, physical aspect of his game, which was potentially one of his areas of improvement. As we all know, he had a pretty serious injury which initially was meant to keep him away from paddle professional paddle at least forever and now he's pushing to be number one in the world so incredibly happy that it was Tupan Dineno who broke Koyan Tapia's 46 match winning streak even though obviously I do favor Tapia above anyone else as we all know but yeah very happy to see Tupan Dineno playing well and winning another tournament Correct. So I think now probably is a good time to move on to to another to our next section. Uh, do you agree? Hundred percent. And this is well, it's been quite a exciting section to look at and to think about. And essentially, what we're going to try to do is, given that the Valladolid Master was basically the equator of the World Paddle Tour season, because. I'm pretty sure the World Paddle Tour season is going to have 23 tournaments throughout this year. And the Valladolid Master was the 12th. So we're right in the middle of the season. And Gons and I thought it could be interesting to do a bit of analysis and give 
the top players in the 2023 race to basically qualify for the Barcelona Master at the end of the year, which, as we all know, is the last tournament of the year. And it's the top 16 players that play it. We wanted to try and give a score out of 10 and analyze, essentially, yeah, give each player a specific score. Yeah, and just to maybe further clarify, we've decided to look at the top 24 players in the race currently. Now, the reason for that, sort of Hugo mentioned, was the top 16 getting to the Masters final. And we feel like the remaining eight are, you know, very much in the race to get into that top 16 spot and could potentially do. So I think that's, you know, that's what sort of our thinking in terms of like, who do we analyze? Um, But yeah, let's, let's get straight into it. Exactly. And one, one final point maybe is at least in my eyes and what I've done, and I'm sure you've done the same Gons is we've tried to give scores based on player expectations. So we're not expecting the same from Koya and Tapia as we are expecting from, for example, Pincho and Diestra. So just uh, making that clear. But yeah, off we go. Yeah, completely agree. Cool. So first one, uh, no surprises here. Tapian Cuello, both on the same amount of points. Um, what are your quick thoughts? I, to be honest, I'm going to make this brief. It's pretty obvious. It's a 10 out of 10 for both of them. They've been equally as good. I think Tapia has probably led the pair a bit more. But Coelho has been unbelievable as well. I, If you would have asked me a season and a half ago whether Coelho would be playing at this standard, I wouldn't have thought that. And incredibly impressive, impressive and just a 10 out of 10, both of them. Gons? Yeah, 10 out of 10. Not even going to add anything else to that. I think you summarized it perfectly. Great. So moving on to the next one we're going to look at Stupandineno. So, yeah. Gons, what are your thoughts? Actually, here, I'm actually going to give it slightly better grade to Dineno. I'm going to give Dineno a 10, and Stupa, I'm going to give him like a 9.8 <laughs> or a 9.5, just simply because I think I've just been so impressed with Dineno and his um, offensive ability. And I think he's the one that's really changed the pair. They were always going to be a top three pair, but I think the one that's really given them the edge to even be challenging the number one is is Dineno. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously Stuba has been amazing as well. He's always really consistent, really good offensively, really good defensively. But yeah, that X factor for me has been Dineno. So I'm just going to give him a slightly, slightly better score. Yeah, funnily enough, Gons, I've gone for pretty much exactly the same scores. So 10 out of 10 for Dineno and 9.5 for Stuba Souk. I do think, as you very well said, Dineno was probably not expecting to sometimes even lead the pair and be the key factor for them winning matches, given that Stupa has always been a more aggressive player, playing on the backhand, traditionally a more important player. But I really do think Dineno's given the Super Pibes the edge this season, and that's why I've gone for those scores. But Stupa has been absolutely outstanding, and I'm not giving him a 10 just because Dineno is a 10. If not, I would give him a 10. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So moving on, then we've got Momo in fifth place. Yeah, so Momo for me, I really thought about this long and hard. For me, it's an 8.5. I think he is having a very, very good season. So 
one win in the Open 500, when he, the only tournament he played with Mike Yangwas, and then two finals and three semifinals. I mean, that, given how tough the World Paddle Tour is being this season, how many unbelievable players there are, and how well Goya and Dabia have done and essentially won every tournament, just shows that Momo has been doing exceptionally well. And I also wanted to highlight the fact that he's a proven winner with practically all the pairs he's played with. So he won tournaments with Alex Reith. He's won tournaments with Yangwas, the only one they played together. And with Momo, not yet, but he's made a final and he started off playing unbelievably well. So that's why I've gone for that. How about yeah, you, Gons? Same, I think 8.5. That's what you said, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, that's also my score for him. I think you've, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head with everything you've mentioned. Um, really consistent and yeah, can will definitely be, I think, at the top there when when the Masters finals come. Um, Agreed. So, I'm probably getting a bit bad, a bit of bad press, which is not mm. fair, just because the last couple of tournaments he's not been playing as well. But I think he's having a great season. Yeah. So next up. Alejandro Galán. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a six and a half, to be honest. I just think that, um, I mean, yeah, maybe sound quite harsh, but, you know, I think that he's he's sort of like a, a victim of his own making in terms of like last season is absolutely unbelievable. So this season just, you know, they haven't really, it hasn't really kicked for him. Obviously, you know, LeBron's injury has a, has a have to do with that but um, I think I'm going to give him a six and a half as well because when pairing with John Satin I'm sort of expecting a bit more I think those losses to Paquito and Chingoto and this is the first tournament that they've made the semi-finals I believe um, is sort of um, well the second tournament but they've, they just feel like they're not like he hasn't really been clicking as much so I'm expecting a lot more from him. So that's why I'm going to maybe be a bit harsh. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. I've gone for a seven. So I've been slightly less harsh. Same reasons as, you, as you've just mentioned. He hasn't won a tournament this season, which for the yeah. previous number one in the world is enough of a reason. I know it's been, he's he himself has been injured. And then obviously Lebron has been injured for a long time. So he's had to look for a new pair in Sand. He has made, out of the eight tournaments he's played, he's made three finals. So we shouldn't forget that he's not doing badly, particularly, as we always say, how well Goya and Dabi have done winning every single World Paddle Tour tournament until last weekend at Valladolid. But yeah, 7 out of 10 for me. Good, but not as good as I was expecting. Yeah, especially from a player of his calibre, basically. Exactly. So next one we've got is Chingoto. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Chingoto, I've gone for an eight and a half. I think he's having a very good season. He's made one final, four semifinals, and to be honest, carrying the pair, well, carrying Paquito a bit when times have been tough and Paquito's fitness has let the pair down a bit. I think Chingoto's playing some of the best paddle in his career. Paquito even said it. He thinks Chingoto's playing the best paddle of Chingoto's career. And yeah, he's an established top five drive player. And as I say, the fact that he's leading a pair with Paquito Navarro, the almighty, is enough of a reason for me. And he also played very well with 
uh, Garrido when they were playing together early on this season before teaming up with Paco. So that's my analysis. Over to you, Gons. Yeah, I'm going to go for a nine. Um, you sort of mentioned some of the key reasons as to you know why he's been doing so well, and I completely agree with you. But I think this stat is sort of mind-blowing to me just to highlight his consistency, which is there's only one tournament that he's not made the quarterfinals. In every other tournament, he's made quarterfinals or better, um, which is, I think, insane. It just shows you the consistency. Uh, and he, as you mentioned, he's done it with Garrido and, uh, and Paquito. And that tournament was the first tournament of the season. So the Abu Dhabi Masters, where he he didn't make the quarterfinals. He got in route, he got knocked down route previously. So obviously the first tournament, you know, it's always a bit everyone coming back from preseason and stuff like that. So you don't really know what can happen. Um, so, yeah, I think he's been absolutely amazing, to be honest. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win a tournament this season. I think that would be pretty amazing. Yep. I'm very much led by Chingoto. So, completely yeah. agree, Gons. So, next up would be Sanyo Gutierrez. Yeah, I think Sanyo's quite an interesting one. I think he's, I think he's done well. I, I would give him a sort of eight um, or eight and a half. I think... There's just that, you know, he's sort of like always there. Um, and as well, he's, you know, he's been with, with different players as well, I guess, um, starting with Bella and then obviously with, with Momo. But um, yeah, I, I do still think that he can do a bit better. So um, that's why I'm going to give him an eight. I really wish that, you know, if, if he wins the title, then yeah, that can definitely catapult it more um, into the eight and a half, nine. <laughs> I think that's a good analysis. I've been a bit harsher this time. I've gone for 7.5. I think he didn't have a great start with Bella when they were playing together early on, earlier on this season. We all expected a lot from them. Their first in together, they were very close to becoming number ones in the world at one point and overtaking Lebron Galan and they're playing some unbelievable paddle. And they gave the World Cup to Argentina in the decisive match against Spain, playing against Ruiz Momo. So I think I was actually very excited by their return. And I would have loved them to do well, given that they're, they're both old dogs on the tour, as per se. But they didn't live up to expectations. It is true that mainly due to Bella's injury and not playing consistently. Then he started really well with Momo. And I thought Sanyo in particular was playing some of the best paddle I've seen him play for a long time. But now they've dropped off. And they've had a couple of bad results recently. And I think... The pair's struggling, and Momo is a big reason for it, mainly due to his bad attitude. Yeah. So Sanyo, I'm going to get... Sorry, Sanyo. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. So, yes, 7.5 for me, as I said. Yeah, that's fair. Then, and to be, to be fair, he also won some tournaments last year. So it's like, you know, if he doesn't win one this year, it wouldn't be a good season. Exactly. It's Sanyo Gutierrez, a legend of the game. So I think we've got to expect that from him. Yeah. But next up, Javier Garrido. Garrido, yeah, very interesting one. I think I, I hold him to a very high regard. I do think that he's got such good potential, which is sort of still yet to be tapped. Um, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna give him a seven and a half. He's done, I think, three semifinals. Um, I would have actually loved to see it's a shame that he couldn't play the semifinal for Valladolid because I think he actually had a very good chance of of sort of breaking the streak of Coyo and Tapia because 
you know, Koyan Tapia, as you mentioned, they, they've been sort of suffering because of Tapia's injury. And it was there for the taking. Garrido and Campa were playing such a good tournament. So I think that would have been a really, really good match. But, um, you know, still three semifinals is decent. But, yeah, I think he should be knocking that door a bit more. And especially, for example, in the Open 500s, you know, the fact that he, he didn't win. Um, you know, for example, Alicante, he made the quarterfinals, which I think is a bit poor. I think in those ones, you know, he should... He's always like around the top seats there, so it's a bit disappointing in in that sense. But yeah, I think um gonna go with seven seven and a half. Fair, so wow, quite different to mine. I've actually gone for an eight and a half. Wow. So yeah, I mean, to be honest, the main reason of it for it is because he's currently ranked ninth in the race. To put that into perspective, that's, that's an unbelievable point. result. Only yeah. eight players ahead of him, and. Those players are, four of those are the Super Buis and Koyan Tapia. So I saw that and I was like, wow. And to be honest, I do think he's having the best season of his career so far. He's reaped some, well, he did reap some good results with Chingoto. And to be honest, the fact that Chingoto decided to go to and play with Garrido and offer him the chance to play together just shows how much potential he has. I do agree. He still has to improve his attitude in some key moments of the game. And his consistency, although it has improved, has to be a bit better to compete with the big dogs. But I just think he also reaped some good results during his short stint with John Sanf. And now that he's playing with Campagnolo, as you've said, they're becoming a feared pair. So to be honest, very excited about his season. And yep, that's my feeling at least. Yeah, that's a fair point, to be fair. Um, being ninth in the world in the race is uh, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Paquito Navarro. This is quite an interesting one. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, tough tough one to think about. I've gone for 7.5. I'm expecting more from him. He's Paquito Navarro. He obviously started the season very badly with Deo. And that's one of the reasons why I've given him a slightly lower score than maybe was expected. He is getting back to his level. And to be honest, he did go for a, excuse the word, ballsy move. And when he moved to play it on the forehand with Deyo. And as I say, he's playing some really good matches with Chingoto. But I do think in some of the key games and some of the key moments in games, he's not been fit enough and he's let the pair down a bit. So that's why I've given him a 7.5. How about you, Gons? Yeah, I think seven for me. Um, I think stint, the first stint with Teo will probably give it like a three, if that. <laughs> and then the second stint with with Tingoto, uh, maybe like a nine. Um, but yeah, I still think that he still needs to... Um, I still feel like they can definitely win a tournament. And sometimes he's been the one that sort of let them down instead of Chingoto to really pull it through. Having said that, you know, they've gotten very good results um, recently. So, you know, finals in the French Open, semifinals in Marbella, semifinals in Vienna, um, quarterfinals in, in Valladolid. But that was a, you know, very, very tight, tight match that they had to play, um, that they had to play. So, yeah, I still think they can do more and he can do more, but... You know, he sort of salvaged his score by pairing up with Chingoto, I guess. <laughs> it's a good way to see it. I, I do agree. 
How about John Sands? Yeah, I think, I mean, John Sands to me are probably like a nine. Um, I think that this season he's had an incredible jump compared to last. You know, the fact that he's in the race to be in the Masters final is is pretty insane. He's obviously now paired up with Ale Alan, but he's really impressed me because he hasn't let the pressure go and get to him. He's uh, he's still played as aggressively, you know, as, as he was with any other, um, with sort of any other pair. So um, so yeah, I think he's, you know, making semifinals, quarterfinals, um, two semifinals back to back now with with Ale. So yeah, very impressed. Nine. Bang on. Same for me. Nine out of ten. I think it's been his breakthrough season. He's now pretty much regarded as a top 15 player for sure. And he's pushing to be a top five drive. So, yeah, completely agree. Nine out of ten. Nice. So then we've got Lebron, which to be fair, I'm not even sure if we should uh, be handing out a note. Um, yeah. I agree. But I've gone for a seven. Hard to say because obviously he's been injured for so long. He did start the season with Alec Alan and he did not win a tournament. So that's why it's a seven, not an NA, for example, or anything higher. But yeah, hard to say. I think that's a fair score because, you know, even in sort of the, I guess, like four or five tournaments that he's played, you definitely would have expected to win one. So then we've got Yang Was. Yep, Yangwas next up. So Yangwas, I've gone for an 8 out of 10. Again, similar to John Sant, I think he's pushing to be a top 5 drive player. He's really improved some aspects of his game, like his smash. And he actually has won a tournament when he played with Momo in the Open 500. And to be honest, I really think that the only reason why he's not won more tournaments and gone further in tournaments is because he hasn't played with one of the key backhand players so I think if they decided to trust him and when there's a couple of moves in terms of pairs which I'm sure will happen very soon as we've actually read the rumours this season I think if a top backhand player pairs up with Yangwas well it could be a very very dangerous pair and the only thing I would say is that he does have to improve his decision making during key points in matches I think that's what slightly lets him down yeah, I think for me as well, 8 out of 10, very good, um, you know, all-round very good season. I think that he's won a tournament already is, you know, testament to to his level. Um, and as you say, he's sort of knocking on the door, sort of being one of the top um, drive-side players. And I'm sure that in the future, he'll have the chance to compete for the number one and be with a really dominant left-sided player. So definitely, I think, one to watch out for in, in the future. Exactly. How about Alex Ruiz? Alex Ruiz, I think, to be honest, it's been a, a disappointing season. I'm, I'm going to go with a four. Um, yeah, I think definitely expect more from him. And, um, you know, I think he's not made, well, he's made one semifinal, um, which is, you know, really disappointing for a player of his calibre and also the teammates that he's had because he's had Momo and he's had Teo, who are, you know, really, really good players. So definitely expect more from him. Yeah, I've gone for a 4.5. Similar thinking. I just think that he made the wrong decision splitting from Momo. We've seen this in hindsight. And we all thought it was a bit 
strange when he did so because they were playing so well and getting some really good, good results. And he hasn't broken the quarterfinal barrier in any tournament with Deo. So just not good enough for me. And that's why he gets a 4.5. Yeah. Campagnolo, not 15. Yeah, so 15. So he just makes the cut of the master final. I've gone for a 7.5. Solid season. His partnership with Maxi at the start of the season was decent. Results were relatively consistent. And they made the quarterfinals regularly. However, the only semi-finals they played together were the last tournament they played together. So I did expect a bit more from their partnership. And then now that he's playing with Garrido, I think he's playing some of the best paddle that he's ever played. And they played really well together. So And they obviously made the semi-finals last week in Valladolid. So 7.5 for me. I mean, the fact that he's amongst the top 15 is enough of a reason almost. Gons? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Seven point five as well. I think he's, you know, he he's sort of like knocking on the door and regularly, you know, couple of semifinals, um, quarterfinals as well. So yeah, I think he now with this partnership with with Garrido will be interesting to see how they do um, when he, obviously he's back from from injury. But um, but yeah, solid season overall. And how about Pincho and Diestro? Yeah, this is an interesting one because actually they're, they're like, apart from the top four, which are obviously the, the two best pairs, they're, they're sort of like the next actual um, pair that are, are, are ranked together, basically. Um, but yeah, we, we also know that they're splitting now. Um, Pincho is going with Cardona and I think uh, Diestro is going with Leal. I think they've both had like really good season overall. I'm going to go with an eight. You know, the fact that they're both essentially knocking on the master finals door, I think is, is pretty, pretty insane. You know, they've made a couple of semifinals. They started the season on fire, um, even made, you know, a final as well in, in Royce. So yeah, that's pretty good season overall for both of them. I agree. I've actually gone for an eight as well. And I really didn't expect them to be in and around the top 16. I thought they would be slightly lower. So I think that just shows how well they've done. They've been incredibly consistent. So I think 8 out of 10 is a very fair score. And now moving on to all the players outside the top 16, I think the only two worth mentioning very quickly, maybe we can do a quick fire round, just scores, are Deyo and Bella. So yeah. Deyo, Gons, what did you go for? Deyo, um, to be honest, I might even, I'm going to go lower than, than Alex Ruiz um, just because of the, the ranking. So I think I'm going to go with a three. Um, expect so much from him. I think he's such a good player, um, but it's clearly not showing uh, on the, in, in the results at least. Obviously, that sort of phase with Paquito made us damage that, um, the rankings a bit. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely not been a good season for him. And, you know, hopefully he gets to his best because I could say he's sort of one of those players that I think you really enjoy watching playing. Yeah, I've actually gone for exactly the same. Three out of ten. Really bad start with Bacor and not living up to expectations. And so the last player we'd really want to kind of delve deep into would be Fernando Velasterin, the GOAT. Thoughts, Gons? Yeah, so as you clearly mentioned, being the GOAT, um, he hasn't had the best of seasons. I think I'm going to give him a six. Um, I'm quite surprised as well where he is in the rankings. Uh, definitely thought he would have uh, been been hired, uh, been higher. Sorry, he's obviously missed uh, tournaments. 
Um, but yeah, I think he, you know, still hasn't made. He's made, I think, so one semi-final. Um, you know, which for someone of Belastain caliber, uh, is 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 pretty pretty low. I think as well. Obviously, last season he had Goya by his side, but you know they still won, you know, a couple handful of tournaments. So definitely at least expect him to reach more semifinals, being that sort of top top side um of, of the pairs. So yeah, I think a six for 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 the boss. I've gone for six point five. So very similar. The start of his season with Sanyo was obviously, as we mentioned previously when speaking about Sanyo, not as good as we thought it was going to be and definitely didn't live up to expectations. And I do think he's been finding his form with Yangwas. I think they work really well together. And at the end of the day, he is 44 and approaching the final year or year and a half of his career, as he said in a recent interview. But I do think even so... We were expecting more from him. He's sitting 20th of the re- in the race, so he might not make the master final. And I think Yangwas is carrying the pair in some games, most games, I'd say. I mean, more than half. He's playing better than Bella. So, yeah, I was expecting more from him. And, well, I mean, there's obviously a few other players that make up the top 24, namely Maxi Sanchez, Lucho Capra, Leo Ausburger, Javi Ruiz and Zalo Rubio. I think Ausburger would definitely get the best score for me, given that it's been his breakthrough season and he made the final of the Rioja Open and he's still only 18 years old, which is baffling. And I think Javi Ruiz and Zalo Rubio have had really, really good seasons. And Javi Ruiz was just very unlucky with his injuries and Zalo Rubio has had to change pairs because of Javi Ruiz's injuries. I have expect I was expecting a bit more from... Maxi Sanchez and Lucho Cabra, but I think they all sit in and around the seven, seven and a half to eight and a half, maybe nine in Oswaldo's case. What are your overall thoughts on those players, Gons? Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, definitely a nine for Oswaldo, and then yeah, anywhere between the sort of, I would say maybe I would give a better score, so maybe more like. Eight, eight and a half to Javier Ruiz and Talo Rubio, and then maybe the lower end, so like your your sevens would probably be Maxi Sanchez, uh, Sanchez and, and Lucho Capra. But um, but yeah, I think that that wraps it up. Uh, it's been really cool to do this with you. I think it's been really interesting to see um, where each player is currently, and I've honestly been quite surprised with some of the rankings as as they currently are. And let's see how how what what we actually get to when we get to the Masters final. Agreed. And I think we'll definitely do another one at the end of the season, whether that's before or after the Master Final, we can see. But yeah, very very much enjoyed it. I think a lot of players are having their breakthrough seasons and their best season yet seasons yet, which is probably a key reason why this year's World Paddle Tour is being so good and so thrilling. But yeah, other than that, I think it's time to say goodbye, unfortunately, isn't it? Correct. Uh, yeah, so thanks everyone for listening in, in, in. And yeah, obviously, thank you very much, Hugo, for uh, spending this time uh, with me talking about paddles. Always a pleasure. Not at all. Thank you, Gons. Always a yeah. pleasure.